everybody, Coach John Daly here back again. Today's date is July 11th, 2019. So if you got a 7-Eleven by you, um, I think they're giving away free Slurpees today. So you may want to stop by. It's a great hot day for that. Uh, I am here with the one and only Stan Targos. He's actually Stan Targos III. Yep. Um, Stan is a graduate of Catholic Central. few years behind me, so uh, I got the experience factor on him. Uh, but Stan's a good friend. He has helped me out in so many ways. Uh, he's an encourager. Uh, he has value to wherever he goes in life, uh, to people left and right. And I really uh, wanted to get him on, and we met for breakfast uh, a few weeks ago, and we set this up. We're at his office here in Southfield. And so, Stan, why don't you say hi, and uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. Thanks, John. I appreciate being here. And as you say, you've got some experience on me as one of the experts in the industry and a leader yourself. I've learned a lot from you over the last decade or more in the business world and the teaching world and how to deal with students of all ages. So super grateful for the opportunity to be here and love spending the time with you. Awesome. Well, if it, if it sounds professional, uh, not me, but Stan, um, Stan has got some great radio experience. Uh, you are on a local station, or you were, um, with some of your uh, teachings. Why don't you explain to our audience uh, a little background of, of how you got going into radio? Sure. We have, we have a company that we've been helping families navigate the college experience, how to get into college, how to pay for college, how to pay for private high school. Nice. And what we found is people were very interested in learning about that, so we ended up buying time on a local radio station, a 50,000-watt channel, and for six years, every Monday, for an hour, we did live radio broadcast and actually impacted the community in many ways. Uh, we were never really famous, and that wasn't the goal, but we had a good following of people who were learning what was changing in the college world and learning the myths versus the reality of how they can make that dream come true for their kids and for their families and giving people actionable items that they could take away that day and apply to their lives tomorrow. That's huge. That is huge. It's a, it's a very hot button topic right now as far as uh, college costs and um, student debt and all that. So I know we can get back into that a little bit. Uh, but where'd you grow up, Stan? Um, grew up in, in Allen Park, Michigan. My mom and dad were from the Downriver area. And we grew up there till the, till the mid-80s and then moved to Farmington Hills and I remember going from uh, school in Allen Park to a school in Farmington Hills and seeing a Mercedes for the first time and not knowing <laughs> what that was. I'm like, that's a weird Chrysler hood ornament, <laughs> right? And uh, from there, went to Catholic Central for high school. My mom and dad are professionals. My mom's a, a doctor of pediatric nurse practitioning, wow. and she achieved over half of her education in the last 15 to 20 years. So mm. af after I graduated college, she was still going to get her master's, her doctorate, her uh, degrees, and we got to see her walk across stage in her early 60s with her DNP, mm. which is fantastic. And my dad has been a business owner, rental properties, uh, commercial properties, manufacturing, developing processes and procedures in a family environment as well as in a non-family business and just love the idea of all the education, the constant learning, and the ability to help other people. Wow, that's tremendous. So much experience uh, and difference making from your parents. Um, I just had coffee with a mutual friend of ours, uh, Bill Dunlop. Bill, Bill, big shout out to you. Thank you for this morning. And we were talking about where we grew up and the factor of how grateful I was when my parents chose to move from Taylor, you know, near the airport, uh, out to Northville. And from that point on, they had a house built, you know, in 71, I was five years old. Um, from that point on, the people that came into my life and the experiences I had 
were, were so monumental and so difference-making for me in my life. Is it the same for you moving from Allen Park out to Farmington Hills as far as the change? When, how old were you when that move happened? About 10, about okay. sixth, fifth grade, sixth grade. So you definitely remember it and, you know, changeover of different schools probably was a little hiccup there on the radar. But, right. you know, looking back, I'm sure it was a big difference maker for you because then Catholic Central became available and all the experiences and people that you connected with there too. Well, what was interesting is one of the hardest moments that we had when we moved was changing schools and being viewed, having a perception of what I was before I came in and then living up to that perception. Because they listed mm. me as Stanley Targos III in sixth grade, and this was right around the time of Silver Spoons, and everyone thought they were going to get Ricky Schroeder coming in, driving up in a limo, and I show up with my hair not combed and my shoes not matching, and it just didn't quite fit in. And it was a good transition period. But I also learned the value that there was one kid who I became friends with, and he took me under his wing mm. as a friend. And we, we've we been friends ever since. He's godfather to my son. Oh, my God. Right? And those relationships are came out of a dark time. Even though it was only in sixth grade, that's monumental. And sure. how you handle it and the support that I got from my mom and dad and from the you know, I'm sure it was a lot of perception, but as a sixth grader, you don't know what that is. You just Absolutely. know that you don't fit in and it doesn't feel right. Right. That's on the verge of middle school and junior high or whatever. And that's, those are some tough years regardless. Add to moving on top of that. Because, yeah, when I moved, it was five years old. Right. I barely remember it. But yet, you know, everything was good because that's where I grew up. But that's kind of in the middle of being a kid. Well, I've been, I've been a relationship builder one of my strengths and what I'm learning is I'm really focused on that. Mm. Where we're working right now, one of the guys that I work with is someone I went to school in Allen Park with. He was in my scout group. Oh my God. Um, we were best friends growing up, played soccer together. When I moved, we maintained our friendship. We went to different high schools. When I went to Michigan State, he ended up living in my house, our house at Michigan State for two years. He went to New York. Now, 25 years later, we're building a, a company together, use, utilizing his skill set and his strengths and my skill set and my strengths. He's godfather to my daughter, my youngest daughter. Wow. And I'm, I love the idea of respecting people, even if they're different, but in, encouraging that relationship long term. And when you have that mutual respect, you're able to have those long term relationships mm. and get through the little speed bumps that life throws at you. Absolutely. So it sounds like. You know the, the angle that you're bringing into your business. Number one, it's sorely needed because it's uh, it probably stands out a little bit more because I don't see that a lot of times in business. Where'd you get this information, or were you always like this? As far as is it books that you're reading? Is it the people that you're hanging out with? Was it lessons from parents? Yeah, I've actually been motivated early on by uh, material things, and as a kid, I think that's okay. On my wall, I had pictures of Ferraris, Lamborghinis, Cindy Crawford, of course. Who didn't, Who right? didn't, right? <laughs> Michael Jordan, Slam Duncan from the free throw line. I mean, the grandiose visions. Mm -hmm. And as I was meeting people and learning, school was fantastic. It was fun. I was never a stellar student. Even in college, I figured I was going to work with my dad so grades weren't important. But in the middle of college, I got introduced to a, a network marketing company, and while that didn't stick from a business standpoint, the lessons I learned, the books I read, and the people I met absolutely inspired and provoked a passion inside of me that's never gone out. In fact, it's been, it's, it's grown over the last 20 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. Same here. Those people that I met uh, years ago, again, business didn't stick. Um, it could have if, if I wanted it to, right? But at the same time, um, 
the Book a Month Club, uh, the leadership books, um, just the people that I met, the networking was just tremendous. And I still am in contact with a lot today, but that yearn for learning, that um, that never being satisfied with uh, where I'm at and wanting more is, has been lit up, and it's definitely something that's uh, affected me too, which is fantastic. I think one of the things that's that I'm learning is uh, you can't know it all. Mm-hmm. You have to have a mentor, and it's okay to have a mentor that has a, a financially vested interest in you. Nice. So a lot of times people think that a mentor is someone that they're going to find somebody at their church or in their community or at the Chamber of Commerce who's successful and ask that person to mentor them. And that certainly can happen. Mm -hmm. But when you're working hand in hand in a project with somebody and you come across a stumbling block and you get to see how they handle being attacked by somebody or being taken advantage of Mm -hmm. or when they have to go and say they made a mistake, those are the opportunities that we really learn from and that build that relationship and that strengthen the character of the apprentice in this situation it's me most of the time yes nice yeah so learning from books and and um, you know podcasts and audios and stuff like that is great but when you can attach yourself to someone who is you know further on the journey um has walked the walk a little bit further than you have um they got fruit on the tree right yeah. and that's what you want to listen to you don't want to um, attach yourself to people that aren't going in the same direction you're going and they and they have things that you don't want right you, you want the people that um you can learn from and Success leaves clues all the time. We've heard that all the time. But you know what? Um, the former student, Matt Hafner, big shout-out to Matt, um, brought up the fact, and I should have looked it up here before I started rambling on about it. Um, typically, the critics and those negative individuals, when they start coming at you, they don't have, number one, they don't have fruit on the tree, but you can easily ask them, hey, what have you done? Or what are you doing great? They don't have that. They, don't ha- they, they, they just love attacking people. Successful people, those mentors that you're talking about, if you reach out to them, hey, how'd you get started? Hey, can I buy you a cup of coffee? They want you to succeed. True success, true people in success want to reach out, help, even if you pass them in the same industry, right? But they see, um, you know, the little uh, fire in your eye. Uh, They see where you're coming from. They get to know you. And they also know relationships are key. Experience is a factor. Yes, I have more experience than you. Let me help you. And of course, sometimes you're gonna pay for it, but other times it's just friendship in, in different areas. So you bring up some great points that I think as we get older, the sooner we look for that, I think the better off we are in, in those relationships that can help us not make the same mistakes that they have. And they're willing to share and talk about that. So you bring up, that's an awesome point, Stan. Well, what's interesting, what I find interesting is, one, I'm a, I'm a faith-based person. I believe in Jesus. I gone to church my whole life I have that relationship and you talk about the fruits and when you're doing things the right way when the center of your heart for me is is Christ driven the fruits that I have are that joy kindness peace and patience Mm -hmm. when my center shifts from being Christ oriented to being money oriented or uh, flesh oriented sex drugs gambling fame fortune That shines in my actions, my attitudes, and I notice people starting to peel away from me, and then I have to go back, reflect, and course correct, mm-hmm. right? God's given each of us a talent and a skill set. It's up to us to use it. Absolutely. And if we use it for the right way, we're going to end up shining. And when we realize that there's people watching us every day, even if you don't have kids, you're not married, you don't, you're not in business, you still work somewhere, you still go get coffee somewhere, you still go get gas in your car somewhere. There's people who are paying attention to you, and you have the ability to impact 
50 to 100 people every day. Isn't that amazing? Wow, that's fantastic. And yeah, the people that you bring into your life, if you are focused on those things, you know, alcohol, drugs, sex, money, all the things that, you know, there's a purpose for everything, right? But the overindulgence and having those things drive your life, um, those people that are also doing that, those are the people that kind of come into your life and that adds fuel to that fire. And that's not necessarily a fire that you want to keep stoking and keep, you know, getting bigger and bigger. But takers always leave you feeling empty. Yes, that's a big point. So whenever you're with people that um, you feel like drained, you feel worse off after you're leaving them, you don't feel inspired, you don't feel like, man, there's a guy I need to get back in touch with, you know. Um, every time I'm with that person, I'm, I'm in more trouble. We all grew up with friends like that, I right. think. Hopefully I wasn't one of them. Um, oh, you're hanging out with that John Daly kid? Oh, no. Oh, you gotta, yeah, yeah you got to get rid of that guy. Um, but it, you bring up some great points about association. and um, So learning about yourself first is key. Uh, books, you know, like I said, all the there's so many tools out there that you can find out. That's definitely a crucial point. Were, were there times when you were young, uh, in high school and stuff, playing sports was big, and was there other things that was big at that time? Did you did you know, hey, I'm going to be, you know, taking over dad's business, you know, in high school? What what was it like back then for you? Yeah, growing growing in those years, I loved work, and I loved the competition of doing things well and doing things better than everyone else. Mm. So even at 14, 15, 16, we'd go work in the shop, and I learned how to weld and work metal and use a plasma cutter and grind and and do all kind of cool stuff. But I would outperform the 20 to 40 year old guys that were working. I was making $3.35 an hour. They were making eight, 12, 15 bucks an hour and we're mopping the floor with our production. And one of the guys says, why are you working so hard? It's, it's almost done. And I thought, and I said out loud, because I want to raise, like I want to earn it. Mm. Like your dad owns the place. I'm like, yeah, but he, I make less than anyone here but I work harder than anyone here. I'm not gonna get it just because. There's no entitlement. Mm. And I 100% thought I was gonna take over my dad's business. And what I realized is um, I loved doing the work, but I didn't like doing the sales end. One of the hardest conversations I had is when I went and told my dad that I wasn't, that wasn't in my cards. Mm. And one of the biggest blessings that I received is when he said, Stan, regardless of what you wanna do, I wanna support you. If it's here, fantastic. If it's not here, fantastic. But go and be the best you can be. Go do what you want to do. And I'm always here to support and help you. It's fantastic. Um, Stan, you, you came into a number of my classes over the years, uh, three out of the last five or six years that you've spoken to my leadership kids. Um, and I took notes. I take notes of all my speakers. And I got them out in front of me right now. And it has it right on it. Stan's dad gave full support to his dreams. So there was no pressure because we've seen that before in other people where, no, no, you got to do this. You got, you know, you're going to take over this business. It's more of their dream for their, for their kid, for their child. That's pretty impactful when a, when a father um, knows well enough to, to let the child, you, live their own dreams and then offer that support and stuff too. So are there other difference makers in your life, Stan, besides your parents that you, th you are thankful to this day that you met, that they came into your life? Was it a teacher? Was it a coach? Was it high school, college, neighbor, another yeah. family member? I got to, I'm blessed in that um, I've had the privilege of sitting in a room of 50 people with Robert Kiyosaki. Wow. And being able to ask questions and learn. And when he explained the difference between 
being a self-employed person, being a B business person, having a system, being able to go on vacation for a year, come back and have your business double, that changed my life. Now, I don't talk to Robert Kiyosaki. In fact, I've never talked to him after that time. But I had another mentor, his name is Brad Doyle, who did talk to Robert and was connected to a bunch of people. And he emulated or showed by example exactly what you said. No matter where I'm at in life, if I was doing business with Brad or not, he always picked up the phone, he always talked to me, he always breathed the life into whatever I was pursuing so long as it was good, and I always felt better after being with him. Um, Robert Rome is another one. These are some famous people. I talk to Robert Rome every once in a while. He runs a, a company called Personality Insights. And he taught us how to understand people and how to speak their language. Mm -hmm. And when I realized that I speak German or French, I can't go into a foreign country and expect everyone to speak my language. If I go to your house, I better learn how to speak your home language from your personality in order to communicate better. That changed my life. The business people that I've been around, uh, my father-in-law, uh, my mother-in-law, um, their, their love, their kindness, the way they love me through my stupidity sometimes and are embracing what we're doing, that's a, that's a huge benefit. Not everyone gets that. On the business end, I just, uh, you talk about people doing the right thing. I'm entertaining. Uh, I'm serious about being mentored by someone who's top in my industry. He took time out of his day to fly from Colorado to Michigan to spend six or eight hours with me and my team on his dime without a commitment to ever do business. Wow. And he came in and said, he said two things. He's a, a faith-based person and he said, he spent time talking about this. You have 25,000 days on this earth. Mm. You better know where you're going day 25,001 because eternity is a heck of a long time. Mm. The second thing he said is, I'm only doing business with people that have character and heart because I'm not going to help someone become successful who's going to go and squander it by buying cars and getting divorced and ruining families. And for someone who doesn't need the money, who's willing to go and take their time to interview someone to find out if they're the right person to partner with, that's the mentor I want because that's what I want to breathe into other people. Orrin Woodward and Chris Brady launching a leadership revolution. And I've seen them speak a handful of times. I've read their book, but my goal is to be that level five leader where I'm training leaders who can go train leaders who can go train leaders. That's the impact. Nice. And you can't, if you've got seeds that are planted in your heart, uh, Dennis Waitley, uh, Seeds of Success or Seeds of Glory or whatever his book is, you've got to nurture it. You've got to harvest it. You've got to farm it. Sometimes you have to prune it and go through the pain. But that's how you're going to grow. That's fantastic. And those people breathe into my life on a regular basis. I can call a dozen people and ask them a problem, a question, a concern, and not all of them are millionaires. Mm -hmm. Some of them are people who've been living on $30,000 a year but still give more money to the homeless person than I do. It's mm -hmm. incredible. That, those are some big names there. Chris Brady, Orrin Woodward, that book, uh, Launching Leadership Revolution, is just fantastic. Great book. Uh, and you're right, those level five leaders are the ones that make huge impact, uh, they're difference makers, but they also reach back, grab somebody else's hand, lift them up, even if they go past them, right? Those are the kind of people that you that you want in your life. You talked about, uh, also in the class uh, with my students, talking about like eliminating chaos, like um, not having chaos in your life, and obviously the, the people in your life greatly affect that, but um, also about purpose and passion. 
So finding your purpose and passion with this company that you have, that helps drive everything else. You know, it was said, you know, 25,000 days, we got, you know, you better know where you're going. Um, I've recently been hearing a lot from different people about finding out that purpose and passion, trying to combine the words here, uh, purpose and passion in life, and every day spending your day going after those things, like doing things that make those things happen. So when did this happen that you wanted to make a difference with families, you know, on future, you know, uh, college expenses, changing their life, getting the right education, and even in high school, you know, as far as making decisions, and obviously making decisions when the kids were probably not even born yet, right. starting with families before the kids are born to start saving money. When did this come about? Because you certainly didn't go to Michigan State looking for this degree in educational uh, finance planning right. and, and helping people out. So when did this start for you? Yeah, you know, my father-in-law said he got me into this business that we're in, traditional financial planning, and uh, I love that. I loved it. But what he said is, Stan, it's going to take you a thousand days to figure the business out, and a thousand days after that to find your passion. Wow. And was I'm like, he, that's, was he right? Yeah, six years, seven years in, we understood enough what we were doing to be dangerous, but then found our passion. Mm. What's interesting is six years after that, I've refined my passion. I mean, our goal and our mission, if you were to ask anyone on my team, we're gonna change the landscape of America one family at a time by empowering the leader in that family to make decisions based on facts, not fear. Mm. So when mm. that's what you're pursuing and that's an altruistic goal, you have to wake up every day and do something to drive you towards that goal. We also have core values that drive us, being humbly passionate, being a servant leader, creating a win-win, being solutions focused and do what you say. Those five things drive the decisions that we make. If, if, if the people we're going to get in business with, the client we're going to do work with, the product we want to represent doesn't fall in line with at least 80 to 90% of that, I'm not doing it because it tells me that it's not in alignment with my core values and it's not going to drive my ship and it's probably going to derail me into your chaos. Every time I've had chaos, I've made a decision where I've compromised and said, well, 50% is good and we can get it from 50 to 80. No, that's chaos. Life's too short for chaos. I spoke to this guy in California. His name is Clint Arthur, and he'll get you on the NASDAQ. He'll get you in New York City. He's a tremendous guy. I said, Clint, I'd love to do this, but I have chaos right now. He said, Stan, let me stop you right there. I'm not coaching you right now. I'm talking to you as a friend. Out of all the people that I work with, you're the only one who has chaos in your life. And I thought about it, and I thought, this guy's successful. He coaches a buttload of people. What do you mean they don't have chaos? And I thought about what he said, and I took it to heart. I came back, and I told my team, I said, guys, we're allowing the chaos to impact our decision-making ability and impact the journey that we're on. Mm -hmm. And we cut some strings, and we made some hard decisions, and we got back on the horse, and we got refocused. And the changes that we made nine months ago from when he had that tough conversation with me impacted where we're at today. Love that. The points that you're making that you're bringing up for the listeners out there, um, you know, Stan's bringing it up obviously from business side, but also personal life side too. Any and all these points that he's bringing up, they're just flashing through my mind. You start working on any of these, you guys, right? Um, good things are going to happen. And if you work a day at a time, right, after a week, after a month, after six months, you're going to see some changes and differences in your life. And definitely you can apply these to your profession as well. You know, and again, if you're not doing something with your life that you enjoy going to, every, look for those things. Make the change that you got to make. 
you know, Stan's bringing up some great points here. I just love the, the passion and purpose because we've all had boneheaded choices and decisions. Um, you know, Stan, is there any, any lessons from your past? Or it could be someone else that you learned something from um, that really taught you a valuable lesson. And it could have been costly or maybe it was costly, uh, whether how young you were, how old you were, financial, no finance, whatever. What are, what are some of the, the things that have gone on in your life that you could share from learning valuable uh, information, valuable lessons from, say, a possible mistake or a full-blown mistake? Yeah, I think there's a couple. When I was talking about what's in your heart, for a period of time, it was truly just selfishness and self-centeredness. And when I was living that way, I, was, I felt entitled constantly. Mm. Recently married, and my wife paid the price for my stupidity. And feeling entitled to go out on my birthday and celebrate the way I wanted to celebrate because it was my birthday instead of coming home and celebrating the meal that she cooked and the cake that she baked and the present that she wanted to give me and then being angry that she was trying to hold me accountable. Mm. I mean, being stubborn and selfish in in my world are two things that have derailed me more often than not. What I'm learning is everything I do learn in business isn't just for business. Mm-hmm. It's for family too. Mm-hmm. And when I go home, I've got three kids. They're nine, seven, and four. If you pull up my cell phone and look at pictures, there's pictures of pancakes we make every Sunday morning and they're Pokemon pancakes or whatever. And I don't feel like getting up early on Sunday morning to make pancakes. I want to sleep in. But when I realize I'm raising and I'm, and I'm doing something for these kids that they're going to remember forever, when I give my wife that two-hour break, Who gives me a break? But at the end of the day, I'm that leader in the house, I'm the leader in the business, but I love spending time with the kids and I love doing something nice for my wife so that she gets a break. Mm -hmm. And when when I take the focus off myself and stop being so selfish on a regular basis, things tend to go a little smoother. Mm. Um, Boneheaded mistakes, not not following my gut when I realize that I'm doing something with the wrong intention. Mm-hmm. Um, that can be looking like a real obvious one. There's no reason for me that, to be the sexy butt judge at 12 o'clock service at the at church or when I'm at the mall. I don't need I don't need to do that, right? I'm married. Right. I can accept that fact and I can hold myself to that code. Good way of putting it. And I don't have to let my wife catch me doing something stupid, which makes her look at me with a squinty eye and then doubt where I'm at and wonder what I'm doing. And then when I show up late, what happened? Everything is a ripple effect. Mm. And when I have those issues today, they tend to be minutes in my life instead of hours, days, weeks, months, or years. Mm. And it's the awareness of catching myself before I... I go down that road. That's, that's powerful because you brought it up a little bit ago about um, somewhere all the time someone's watching, whether it's an actual person that doesn't even know you or you're on a video camera in an establishment, driving through an intersection, walking into any building. Right. Right. And, th- and those things, I guess, if you can have that mindset of catching yourself before you walk down that road, before you do that action, before you have that thought, um, that's pretty powerful to have that control. I love that. So, yeah, the death stare from our wives is definitely something that you don't want to keep repeating. Right. You know, that's a lesson you need to learn early for sure. Um, My solution early on was to buy a comfortable couch. The comfy couch. Yes. And it is comfy. I just don't have to sleep there that often. There you go. You got to have comfort for guests and you're, you know, when you're watching TV, but hopefully you're not planning on too many nights sleeping on that couch, which right. is which is true. Um, you also brought up the class about goals 
write your goals in stone, your plans in sand, yeah. right? Long-term goals, have them on there, but they may not happen exactly the time that you think. Like you may have to, oh crap, I gotta erase that part of it and, and do it over again. Is that what you meant by the goals in stone, plans in sand? Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Let me, let me give you a real life example. So for the last, my mission, uh, changing the landscape of America one family at a time has been my mission for the last 10 years. Hmm. I was gonna get there by doing college planning before, 10 years later, the goal hasn't changed, but how we get there, the people we're working with have, have changed. So the plans in the sand means I can draw a, a game plan. Imagine playing football on the sand and you draw the X's and the O's and where you're gonna throw it. Then you come back and you erase it and then you draw play number two. That's what that means. Okay. My goal is to score a touchdown. I might run it, I might throw a pass. I might try and throw a pass and realize that the guy who's defending my receiver is six foot three and has stick them all over his body. I'm not throwing passes to him, so I'm gonna change the plan. We're still gonna get the goal. Yeah, We're just absolutely. gonna be comfortable with the changes that happen. And if you're not comfortable with the changes that happen, be comfortable with failure because that change is more painful than the change that you can control yourself. Right. And aren't the lessons we learn from failure so much more powerful, so much more deep than when everything's successful all the time? If you're not resentful, absolutely. Yeah. Now, speaking of football, you, do you have a state championship ring? I have a state championship ring from Catholic Central. Is this when the, the five, what, how many touchdowns did you score? Double digits? I played 48 seconds. No! I was the water boy. I was the uh, team uh, comedian. Uh, I was the rally person. Lo I showed up and practiced hard every day. I loved it. Awesome. Uh, but again, it goes back to sometimes that was a lesson for me too. I didn't start playing football until I was a sophomore in high school. I played for two years. Why would I expect to show up and be the starter? Like I missed eight years previous to being a sophomore in high school of playing to finally make a decision to play, mm. right? They never told me that you need to open your eyes when you get the ball and run. I just assumed I was going to get hit. But that's okay. But I had a great attitude. I loved it. I still talk to those guys. They still talk about the things that happen on the field in the practice field. Yep. Right? You know what? I, that's something that I never went out for football. A um, few regrets because some things I, I could have done. Uh, but at the same time, you were there. You put the hard work and stuff. What was it sophomore year that made you want to go out for football that you haven't played before? I decided to stop sitting on the sidelines, right? Mm -hmm. What do they say? Three frogs sitting on a log, one decided to jump jump off, how many are left? Three, because the decision doesn't implement action. Right. Doesn't mean action, so. Decided to jump off, but still sat there. Still sat there. Yeah. So I was just, it did March Madness the spring before, and I went out, played, and you know, it was fun. I, I would never change it. I wouldn't take it back for anything. Cool. And you served your role, you helped the team, and you got a state championship ring for it, too. Yep. That's fantastic. Great memories. You're right. Those guys definitely remember those things, the, the good, bad, and the ugly of, of all the stuff that you guys went through. It helped well, form you. What's interesting is they nicknamed me the sponge because they said I could absorb a hit. But later on in life, that sponge nickname sticks, but it just it absorbs information. Everywhere mm -hmm. I go, I'm constantly absorbing the best out of all the people around me. Mm -hmm. Including the hard blows that you take in life. Bounce back up, right? Yeah. Dust yourself off, and you keep moving forward. Keep learning. Yeah. Oh, that's tremendous lessons there. Um, so I know you're a reader. Uh, Stan gave me a quick tour of his office here. Uh, went into his office, um, and definitely the books in there were tremendous. The bookshelf that he had in there, and I recognize a few titles, but are there a couple books out there um, 
that you would recommend that would make a difference for anybody, whether it's career uh, and or just life, that really have made an impact on you? Because um, you already mentioned Launching Leadership Revolution, great book, okay, Chris Brady, uh, Owen Woodward. But what are some other couple books out there that have really made a difference for you? I just listened to one by Mark Golston called Listen, Listen Something. And I'll tell you, I went home, talked to my wife. She's like, oh, I read that book too. And we were discussing the tools, the questions, the way that we can listen and empathize with people. Um, Robert Kiyosaki, Cashflow Quadrant, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Changed My Life. Um, from a sales point of view, Chet Holmes, The Ultimate Sales Machine, Changed My Life. Personality Insights from Robert Rome, Changed My Life. Launching a Leadership Revolution changed my life. Um, I love listening to books on audio. Right mm -hmm. now, it's it's what I do. I drive and I try to, if I'm not listening to something, I'm talking to someone, but I want that. Uh, there's a bunch of great spiritual books. Stormy O'Meriton, The Power of a Praying Husband, mm -hmm. wow. taught me how to pray for my family. Like I pray for my kids, future spouses. My wife's like, she appreciates it, but when we started talking about it, she's like, why are you praying that? We don't have kids yet. I said, because I want to pray for what's going to happen in the future. And it's having someone blow your mind and give you that aha moment through their experience. Mm. The traditional ones, the magic of thinking big, the Napoleon Hills, right? Um, they're all tremendous. Mm. But there's subsets that you can jump into. I like to go, uh, one of my friends has a list of books that he's read. I've gone into his audio file and pulled big books out that he has read that I now and reading or listening to because I don't want to get stuck in my own genre and be limited. Yes, that's very powerful. So you're thir you're more thirsty now than you have been, say, five years ago, as far as learning and, and coming up with new skills and new insights. It's like drinking salt water. Can't do that for too long. Right, just makes you more thirsty, and that's what knowledge is. Yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that view of it. See, the view I had just was different. Wow. I, th I, was, I was pertaining to regular water and salt water, but you're, right. you're always thirsty for more. Always thirsty. I like that. We should write a book called Salt Water. Salt Water. It's a great title. Right. Great title. Uh, John O'Leary is one that I listen to a lot with his um, uh, podcast and the book that I read on fire. Uh, just a fantastic difference maker that guy is. And he has a um, great podcast. And a number of questions that he asks at the end uh, as we wrap things up here with Stan um, one of the questions he asks is, is there a particular trait or something that you had as a child that you wish you had now? Something that you were good at, it could be a skill, it could be an outlook, it could just be a way of life, the way that you were that you don't necessarily have now, but you kind of miss it and you wish you had some of it now. What would that be? You know, the one thing that we look back on and regret is flexibility. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, Physical, physical flexibility. Remember being five, seven, eight years old and being able to touch your toes, and <laughs> no one ever said, "Hey, Stan, if you just touch your toes once a week, you'll never be unflexible." If I had that skill set again, um, I would, I would absolutely do that. Absolutely, oh, I can, um, oh, I can picture that. Holy cow, that's a good one. That really is. It, for me, it's true. I, if I'm being honest about that, like. Um, I'm not, I'm not as fearless as I was when I was a kid. I'm a little more cautiously fearless, yes. right? Because now I don't bounce when I fall. I tend to break. 
Um, but as a kid, I made quick decisions. And there was consequences or not, but like you said, and like I would agree, that's how you learn. Mm -hmm. um, and the energy level. Oh, yeah. The energy did not feel like I need to rest. Because when I was a kid, I would go sun up to sundown and never thought about taking a rest. Yeah, absolutely. Just had to be home before the lights came on, before the monsters came out, right? Yeah. What about you? You know what? I was just thinking about this the other day because I listened to another one of his podcasts. Um, I, I'm trying to do more of the laughter that I that I had as a kid. Um, good times with friends. Good times with um, you know listening to music and just the the energy level. Definitely, but the laughter is definitely one thing that I'm working on. Trying to laugh more and not take myself too seriously. I'm trying not to take life too seriously. Um, I'm trying to laugh more and get other people to laugh too. I love when my, my when my wife laughs. I, you know, and it's not like I'm giving it a, a stand-up comedian. Uh, gig every night in front of her but just to say those funny goofy little things to get her laughing um, that pure joy and happiness that's one thing I'm focusing in on we were at the theater watching we took our four year old and seven and nine year old four year old for the first time to see the Toy Story 4 movie yes and the pre the trailer was for Dora and there's a spot where there's someone stepping in mud and it sounds like a fart or something and my four-year-old starts giggling and laughing and saying, they said fart. And then everyone in the theater just absorbed that cute, beautiful little moment, and you heard them all laughing with her. It was, right. it was precious. They were laughing more at her than at the actual thing on the screen. Yeah, because they were, that. like you said, they were enjoying the funniness of a fart. Absolutely. Right? Yep. But a four-year-old sees that and just thinks it's hilarious. You got that right. We've heard it all our lives. Yeah. Right? Wow, that's fantastic. One last question here um, with, from John O'Leary. He talks about if you could be on a bench overlooking now, he says an ocean. I always say, oh, sitting wherever you want. Where is this bench at, number one? Is it over a lake? Is it in a park? Is it at the ocean, on a beach? Um, and if you could be sitting with anybody, living or dead, who would that person, or maybe it's a couple people that you're sitting there with, uh, and what are you talking about? So where's the place at? Where's the special place at? Who are you sitting with, and what are you talking about? Yeah, I someone asked me this question a while ago, and I was thinking back in my head about like Thomas Jefferson or uh, George Washington or Bill Gates or something, and then then the then the answer came up: Jesus. It, it would have to be Jesus, because if I could be anywhere sitting on a bench with somebody to ask questions. I would ask questions about wisdom, about discernment, about trust, about faith, about um, those things that are core to drive me to be a better person. Mm -hmm. And if it could be anywhere in the world, like it, it'd be watching my family, my kids playing in the backyard right now because mm -hmm. that's like the the most beautiful thing I can think of. My wife, what did I say? I said, my wife helps me to see the beauty in the world. Right? Powerful. And that's what I would want to do. Powerful. Yeah, that's your happy place. Safe, joy, laughter. Yeah, that's fantastic. I know it seems odd or in today's world to mention that Jesus could be a dividing name or something like that, but outside of, of everything that goes along with it, I think I think that's a great person for me to emulate because 
as we go through life, if you're really good at something, you have the ability to let selfishness creep in and make it all about you. Mm -hmm. And then you end up detracting people from humanity instead of bringing them closer to it. Right. And the world needs a lot more of, of people doing things, being a difference maker out there, bringing people together, showing people that, you know what, we're more alike than we are different. Yeah. And yet we get hung up on all these differences and the hate and anger and negativity. Um, and I love how you're doing that in business. You know, you mentioned that win-win principle. You know, it's like, hey, how can I help you? But I'm helping myself too. It doesn't have to be cutthroat. It doesn't have to be me destroying you or me taking customers or market share or profits from you. We can do things together. Yep. I love that angle that you bring here. Paul Pilzer was the economist for Reagan and Bush. He said, most people think the pie is one size and if they get more, someone else gets less. What if the pie grew and everyone got more? It's mm. a great thought. And that we can do that every day in our business, in our lives, and everything. Yeah. Fantastic. Stan, thank you so much. Is there any parting words of wisdom or anything you'd like to have our listeners remember? Because roughly, I don't know, 20, 30, over 30 countries listen to this. Um, obviously, a lot of people here in the U.S. Um, would there be a hope that they got something out of, out of your story today, your sharing, that you would want them to take with you or take with them uh, that can make them better? Yeah, I think the most important thing that's helped me is, as you and I talked about, life has ups, life has downs. I'm not defined by my ups, my downs, the balance in my checking account if I'm late on my bills, the sale I lost, the success I just had. Mm. I'm defined by how I react and what I do. And the one thought that sticks with me that I remember recently is, I can't control my first thought, but I can control my first reaction and my second thought. And if I keep that in mind, and if anyone out there struggling or going through something or you're on a mountain or a journey that seems so fantastic and you're excited, remember, there's a great responsibility that comes with it, but you have the ability to per persevere through it and you're defined by who you are inside, not by what's around you. That's fantastic. Is there a way people get in touch with you? Because I'm sure you probably struck a chord with, with somebody out there. Uh, that man, I like this guy. This guy's got some great stuff. I love what he's doing. I need some help in that area, or I know so and so. Uh, any way to get in touch with you that we could put out for the listeners? Yeah, I have a, a LinkedIn account, Stan Targos, T A R G O S Z, at LinkedIn. Uh, my email is uh, stan at client connections.com. Good, good. And we have a great uh, college debt rep website called college debtrx.com. Um, any one of those are a great way to get in touch with me or to reach out and welcome the opportunity to have conversations or help and or learn. Awesome. Love that. Help and or learn. We all need that. Yeah. I need to learn more. I need help sometimes. And that's a fantastic way to end it. Thank you, my friend. This made a world difference. I love the, the way my day got started this morning. Uh, meeting you here in your office and uh, you're, you're the constant encourager. You're the constant, hey, how's this going? How you doing with that? Never judging, never, hey, you told me this, that, you know, because Stan has heard my ideas here for years. Uh, but every time, hey, how's it going? Good. Keep it up. Try this. Keep, and that, I just love that about you. You're a constant encourager and a great friend. So thank you very much for, for stopping by today or me stopping by here. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for coming out. I appreciate you and love you, brother. Awesome. Love you too, man. All right, you guys. Hope you enjoyed uh, a little conversation here with Stan. Uh, again, find me over on Facebook, over at coach to expect success over on Twitter at coach to success and on Instagram at Coach John Daly. And, of course, coach 2 success .com 
the 26, 27 book list there is right on the homepage. Uh, some great titles, some great things to get some summer reading in. Uh, there's a contact part of that page, too. Uh, you can check out my blog that I've been updating there on the blog page. There's a link to the podcast uh, on that page as well. And you already listened to the podcast, so you don't need that link. But I really appreciate you guys uh, following me, taking your precious time listening. And, again, reach out anytime. We'd love to talk to you. All right? Take care of yourselves and each other, and we'll talk again soon. See you.